This is The Playbook. I have an extraordinary entrepreneur, Michelle Poole. She is the president of Crocs. I am so excited because that my, my house should be named a crocodile because there's so many smiles of people wearing Crocs all around in Southern California. Probably the most practical, best looking shoe you can wear in Southern California. Welcome to the playbook, Michelle. Great, great to be here. Thanks for having me, David. And it's so nice to have you because we're both celebrating anniversaries. We're in the fifth year anniversary of the playbook, but Crocs is in its 20th anniversary. And so I thought I'd start because I believe in all great brands. There's no revolution in a brand, it's evolution. And I was hoping you could talk through the reconciliation of patience and persistence in the brand evolution of Crocs to give us a, maybe a little bit of history and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so, um, well, thanks for the opportunity to talk about one of my favorite topics. Um, so yeah, we have 20, we're 20 years old this summer. Um, so I sort of like to say we're finally out of our teenage years, which is kind of always, it's always kind of nice because you go through some ugly phases as a teenager. Um, and, and, you know, Crocs, Crocs isn't different. We, we have been, we've been on a really interesting journey. So I've personally been at the brand for eight years, um, I think this week. Um, and, um, you know, I kind of joke that it's been a, an eight year overnight sensation, but, you know, it, it really has taken to your point. It's, it's been a series of kind of intentional and incremental changes that we've made to the brand. Um, I think really foundationally, um, in the early days when we when sort of the team came in to really turn the brand around was um, having a really um, simple and clear playbook for success. And there were kind of a number of steps we took. And that playbook has actually really not changed a great deal from the very early years, how we've brought it to life um, and how we've sort of accelerated different parts of it have obviously continued to evolve and the consumer in the market has, has continued to evolve. But you know, um, having a, I would say, a core set of um, of, of plays, of, of vision of, of, of what was going to really drive success um, was really critical. And to that end, footwear especially transformed over decades of your own personal experience and professional experience to yeah. one of being, you know, a shoe company per se to a lifestyle brand. And I think never more in your career reflective of that is Crocs, but for you, you've been for over three decades or nearly three decades yeah, it is, yeah. with some yeah. of the biggest, the biggest lifestyle brands. And that has changed as well. How has your personal journey relative to the Croc journey in the last eight years also evolved, especially pertaining to being a lifestyle brand, not just a shoe company? Yeah, so I've, I've uh, as you say, I've had uh, 30 years now. I've just completed 30 years of, of my career, and it's been it's been a thrilling ride. I've been lucky enough to work for seven different brands. So I started out in the jeans industry um, back uh, in the early 90s, uh, Pepe Jeans. I did a stint at MTV in Europe, um, very at the time, very relevant brand. I moved into footwear with Converse. Um, and then crossed the Atlantic to the U.S. with Converse, and then did a did a stint at Kangol, the the uh, iconic headwear company. Um, I did uh, I did multiple years at Timberland. Um, before Crocs, I was at Spurry Topsider, it's an iconic boat shoe sort of preppy brand. And then the last eight years at Crocs. So really, what I my whole career has been about is is brand building and storytelling and bringing great brands to life with really exciting, compelling product. So I'm sort of the 
I'm really the combo of a brand builder, a marketer, a storyteller with someone who also loves to uh, to think about product and how that brand can um, translate into great product for the consumer. So I think, you know, my journey is really about learning. And I think every, every brand is different. Um, it's like being in a relationship. I think um, you need time to be in a relationship with the brand you work for and really learn about all its quirks and its characteristics. And then you sort of focus on the, on, on the strengths and um, over time you sort of hone it. So I feel like it's been such a privilege to have this career working with such an array of brands that have different stories to tell. And I think the, the common thread is really finding um, finding what's different, um, what's special about those brands. I think um, nearly all the brands I've had uh, the, the privilege to work for is have, have had icons. So Tim Land has sort of the yellow boot, Spurry Tops, I had the boat shoe. Kangol had the, well, they called it, they called it the 504, the, the, cap, the iconic sort of hat, flat cap. Um, and Crocs has the clog. So I think I've really learned the power of icon and driving relevance around icon as the heartbeat of the brand and then kind of building out from there. And one of the other things that you understand that a lot of people don't, especially with the emotional attachment that's inclusive in a, uh, an iconic uh, brand, lifestyle brand, is revenue. And, you know, I talk a lot about encouraging people. It's not just because I have three daughters, but about equity and inclusion and leadership of yeah. women and providing opportunity uh, for women to shine. And the numbers aren't lying because we've been on this journey for a while. At least I have as a key executive of providing more opportunity uh, when there wasn't proof that it was a good business choice to have equity inclusion. And now people like you are the milestones that I use as examples when I have boards of directors or venture capital firms, uh, why we would want to invest in a president or an executive like yourself. And you know, the numbers in your case are outstanding. And you're, you know, we're talking about, you know, I think you reached over 73% gross in the third quarter of last year, $626 million or more. This yeah. year, again, sustainable growth. I know yeah. uh, your CEO, Andrew Reese, said something around, you know, almost 50% uh, yeah. of constant yeah. currency basis points. Yeah. It's ridiculous the proof that you had. How yeah. are you able? to unromanticize the emotional connection that you know you have seen, especially with companies that you've listed, where people are in love with their own product and they end up forgetting about the most important part of business, which is to make a lot of money so you can help and employ a lot of people and have even more fun. How have you been able to reconcile such success economically as a leader beyond the emotional attachment in the branding and creativity side of what you possess as an executive? I think it's thinking about the sort of the full opportunity and that really, you know, you may not appeal to every consumer, but I think certainly at Crocs, you know, one of our values is delightfully democratic um, with a small D, I like to say. And, and um, you know, it's realizing that, you know, a lot of people can have access to our brand. And I think, um, you know, it, this idea of inclusivity and, and democracy, it's not for all brands. You know, some brands choose to be very purposefully niche and they their strength is in their niche appeal. But we believe at Crocs that broad appeal does not does not dilute um, uh, the aspiration of the brand. It does not dilute um, the strength of our product or of our message. You know, 
and come as you are is actually kind of our brand mantra. And the idea is, and the insight is really that, you know, in the early days, Crocs was really a brand that was bullied for how it looked. And, you know, we believe that consumers, any consumer um, of any type around the world should be able to feel comfortable wearing Crocs. And we want that. And we want, we want to sort of say, you know, come all, like come join our brand, you know? And I think that that's been part of our appeal because, you know, we may be in some cases the very first shoe um, someone ever puts on. Um, you know, my my son had Crocs, I think at three and it, before I worked at Crocs and it was the very first shoe he could independently put on. And for some, it might be the last shoe in their life they put on <laughs> because they don't have to, you know, bend over and lace it up. So, you know, I think we, we appeal to young girls. You, were, you know, you talked about, your household, young boys, you know, older consumers um, and, um, you know, consumers all over the world. So we believe that there's real strength in our broad appeal and we don't feel that it's limited our credibility or the aspirational um, factor of our brand. And the collaborations that you have are not only unique, yeah. but they're authentic, uh, which is a rarity. We, you know, yeah. see people, very <laughs> famous people in the sports and entertainment field that I'm in, you know, CJ McCollum's a close friend of mine. And I will tell you off camera, you know, he's bragging to me about, you know, have you worn these, man? I was like, yes, I live in Southern California. Everybody wears them out here. Uh, but Justin Bieber and Post Malone's yeah, another friend sure. as well yeah. with yeah. Uh, just Mike. But what I found even more fascinating, it wasn't just individuals. It's very difficult today to collaborate and coordinate uh, movement with other brands, company brands. Yeah. And I yeah. see Croc uh, with other brands doing collaborations that are mutually beneficial. What criteria do you utilize to, one, put the priority on a brand-to-brand -brand collaboration, yeah. and yeah. two, to pick the right brand? Because as I look and see the brands that you're with, they're also lifestyle, best-of-breed types of you know, special yeah. edition yeah, opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this question. So my answer is going to be for anyone out there listening um, who's who's uh, in finance, they're going to hate this answer. But I use, <laughs> math, I use the math one plus one equals three. And the way I think about it, David, is that um, to me, a successful collaboration um, is bringing together two entities. So Crocs plus, it could be an individual, it could be a, a music group, it could be a movie property, it could be another brand, right? And the the uh, I guess the result of bringing these two two brands or entities together is greater than the sum of the parts, right? So that's kind of the one plus one equals three. So for example, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Um, you know, I'm, I know this is also a podcast, so so some people won't be able to see this, but you know, we we partnered with Kentucky Fried Chicken because there was something mutually beneficial. You know, we created. Um, sort of fake what we call the gibbets are the other charms that go in the holes in the shoes we created chicken scented um nuggets that went in the shoes and you know the kfc community went nuts for it the crocs community went nuts for it i mean we had wait lists these were on the sort of the the resale sites i mean people couldn't just couldn't get enough of this. So what we really think about is are we ultimately when we bring these two partnerships whatever partnership it is does the consumer win? Do we create something exciting, unexpected, covetable, um, you know, uh, newsworthy? Like, what's the outcome, right? And I think we really try and put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make sure 
that we've got something really exciting for the consumer. Um, you can put a logo on anything and it's like, so what, right? We try and really push the, uh, push the envelope. We did um, some sky high uh, platforms with Valenciaga and we sent them down the runway at Paris Fashion Week. I mean, who would have thought, right? Who would have thought, you know, a year later, we were doing something with KFC, right? You would never put Balenciaga and KFC together, right? But but we've we've found some really creative ways um, to bring some exciting partnerships to life. And through that partnership, you start realizing not only from birth until the later years of of comfort and convenience that are created by Croc. But there's a versatility, and I'm going to share a quick story. Marcus yeah. Allen was a close friend, running back, the Hall of Fame running back, and he was the first person that I've ever seen to wear a five thousand dollar custom made suit with tennis shoes. And I was a lawyer, you know, running a sports agency at the time, and I looked at him wearing my normal dress shoes, and I said, yeah. "Oh, I go, brother, if if you could pull this off." Yeah, I go, I will owe you forever. And so will so yeah. many generational people uh, to show the versatility of yeah. wearing, you know, tennis shoes with a white sole. And now I see the same versatility that I saw years and years ago with Crocs. I see them yeah. being worn in every capacity because the value of comfort and convenience, uh, yeah. you know, and you know this better than me, is style. You know, I just never ahead of the curve in style. My, I'm more on the Jim Harbaugh style of things where my wife makes fun of me for looking the exact same since she's known me in the fourth grade. But it is now an iconic, versatile yeah. uh, thing. You know, what types of things have you seen beyond the collaborations, how people wear Crocs that even you may eight years ago have never even imagined? Do people wear them with suits today? I know swimwear. What are the versatility of Crocs? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that's really changed, as you said, is actually the apparel apparel business has really changed um, in the last kind of 20 years since Croc was created. And I think now, you know, whether it's a, a, a full-on sneaker or slide, you know, a lot of teenagers wear slides with socks, you know, I think this idea of easy on, easy off um, and comfort, as you said, is now, you know, the priority for consumers. It's not a nice to have, it's a must have. And in some ways, when you think about the, the, the clog silhouette, you know, I think of it as a sweatpants for the feet, right? It's easy on, it's easy off, any size foot can wear it, right? And, and it's interesting, a lot of collaborations when we launch them, you know, I'm a, I, I sort of read all the comments in the social posts, social media posts, is um, people will say, I can't believe it. This is my first pair of Crocs and man, I love them. And there's all these memes out there that sort of show people like you buy one pair and then you're in. And then, you know, first you wear them to the grocery store, then you wear them to the office. And before you know it, you never take them off. And I do think that once people actually kind of figure out and realize how comfortable they are, I think, you know, consumers just don't want to trade out of comfort. And so, you know, fashion obviously ebbs and flows and different things come in, but I do think the ease and the versatility of the classic silhouette, you know, our basic clog silhouette is really here to stay. Um, it's like saying, you know, well, will people ever stop wearing sweatpants? Well, now they've kind of discovered them and they're here to stay, you know? So we think there's a there's a lot of staying power for, for, for what we bring. And I think that staying power as a final uh, subject matter, the staying power comes beyond the profits and the performance uh, in the style. It, it really, to me, always is about the purpose-driven company. And mm -hmm. I like a saying that I heard, my thoughts about my purpose 
are my purpose. And it seems to me from the people that I meet uh, that work with you and you, as I've been blessed now to get to know you a little bit, and I want to do more with you. We need more, more, more of Michelle on our TV shows <laughs> and other platforms, but what are your thoughts about purpose uh, concerning Crocs? Yeah. Um, because I know you are a purpose, not just profit, but a purpose-driven company. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad I get a chance to talk about this. You know, I think I'm a very big believer in, in the, is the purpose, purpose is um, who you are, not just what you do, right? And so I think what we've done at Crocs over the last several years is we've really um, taken what started as an external message around come as you are, you know, come as you are was an invitation for consumers. It was the kind of media sort of strap line message. We've now really brought that inside the organization and we have what we call three pillars um, of purpose that really are like a three-legged stool and what they're all important. One is um, around sustainability and we, we talk about internally comfort without carbon. So we're on a mission um, to be uh, net zero by 2030. So that's kind of one pillar. Um, the second pillar is all around um, inclusivity. We talked about that. Like you can't talk about being an, an inclusive brand to your consumers if you don't live those values inside the brand, inside the business. So we talk about comfort for all people. So this is about a journey. I will never say, you know, I would say you're never done. This is a constant journey to really figure out how you can be the most inclusive employer. Um, and we really think about can consumers, sorry, can our employers, employees be comfortable in their own shoes? Can they come to Crocs and work for Crocs and feel themselves? And to me, that's the true watermark of whether we're living those values. And again, hard work, you've got to constantly listen and flex with your, with your workforce. And then the third pillar is um, all around community. So we think about comfort for our community. So this is really about Crocs giving back. It could be right on our doorstep, it could be across the world, but this is about us giving shoes and funds and time for those who need it most. So recent example, we had some terrible fires in Colorado on the last day of last year. Um, a thousand people lost their homes, completely gone, burnt down. Um, and we were able to go out into the community um, in our neighborhoods right across the Boulder County. And we were able to give free crocs to every teacher and every kid in every school in the whole of the Boulder County. You know, I think it was 30,000 new pairs. So just one small example, but you know, these families had lost everything. And so it was just, it was a small gesture. It was providing some comfort, you know? So we, um, those three pillars are, they're never done. They're, they're a work in progress, but um, they're a very, um, it's a very deep commitment to make sure again, that we can really walk the talk. And this isn't something on a website somewhere or on a poster on a wall. This is something that we're living and breathing every day. Oh, you definitely walk the walk and you walk them in the convenience and comfort of Crocs, a pool full of Crocs. She's Michelle Poole, the president <laughs> of Crocs. And we're just delighted to have you. Like I said, we look forward to having you on our TV shows, on the multiple platforms, the lessons that you not only are teaching, but you yourself, an iconic leader for many people to look up to, to hopefully surpass someday uh, with the amount of not only profit, but purpose that has been involved in your career and your company. Everybody, let's celebrate a dual anniversary, the 20th anniversary of Croc, the fifth anniversary anniversary of the playbook. This is David Meltzer with Michelle Poole here on Entrepreneurs, the Playbook.